Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been going there for almost 20 years. They're family-owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with koi pond. Oh, and their new wood-fire pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at SuccessfulBizOwners for more info on them. It's the afternoon of March 12th and things are looking up. Let's uh, express some optimism here on the Cheryl Reeve Show. This is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Please follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all of our shows as they are released. Uh, This is one of my favorite shows on the network. And Cheryl, it sounds like not only are you going to have a season, it sounds like you're going to have fans in the stands at some point, maybe even fans filled with uh, stands filled with fans by the end of your season. Yeah, we know we've, we've been pretty optimistic about that, that, you know, for sure we'd have a season. What would it look like? We don't know. Uh, but now we've kind of, you know, we've, we've got enough progress that we've seen that uh, come April, uh, the, the NBA here in Minnesota with the Wolves are going to be able to have fans. And, uh, you know, each state is different. You know, some other states have long been having fans uh, in the stands and, you know, more than what we've had here in Minnesota. But uh, Governor Walls gave us great news and, uh, you know, we've managed this pretty well here uh, in our state. And, and now we've, we've uh, you know, got the great news that we're starting to, you know, kind of get back to, you know, being able to, to dine out, uh, you know, experience life as, as we as we used to know it. And then for sports, what that means is fans back in the building. And so, you know, timing of the WNBA season is really helpful. You know, our, the footprint of our season will will be our usual, which, you know, begin games in the middle of May uh, and, and, and go through October. And uh, so timing for us is good because, as we know, by May 1st, uh, President Biden has shared that uh, we know we're going to have enough vaccines, but, you know, every, every person 18 and older should have a chance to be vaccinated. And that's huge uh, for us to be able to, to really get to a, a larger capacity uh, to watch the Minnesota Lynx this summer. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait uh, for the actual experience. I can't wait for what it symbolizes, which is, as you said, we're getting back to normal after after a brutal year. It does feel like the WNBA survived it about as well as any league. Yeah, you know, I've said that, that, you know, the, <laughs> through, through challenges like a pandemic, you know, something that happens once a, once a century, so to speak, uh, you hope anyway, that, uh, um, you know, for us, uh, I think there were just so many, so many uh, good things that came from it. So the silver lining, as difficult as it was for so many, uh, the most challenging part was a loss of life, and we saw that uh, even you know with our own team, where our family members experienced uh, such challenges um, with regard to the virus um, you know, on a on a larger uh, scale with regard to the sport. Uh, we saw you know a great deal of uh, opportunities to view the product. ESPN had us uh, on far more than they ever have. Uh, and I joke that it took a pandemic to do it. Um, but however we got here, we got here. And so I think the exposure of the product, uh, I think also, uh, you know, the NBA and, and its players, uh, you know, supporting the way that they have, we're, we're just in a really good place. And, and I'm really uh, hopeful that uh, ESPN doesn't have the mindset of going backwards and going back to what we used to do. Hopefully this is our new normal, uh, which is you're going to be able to find the WNBA uh, being broadcast in, in a variety of ways. You'll be able to consume the product. 
Uh, and then obviously, um, I think our fans are going to be clamoring to get back uh, to see us. I know our players initially, I think, are going to kind of go through this feeling of like, oh, oh what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> you know, because you go from doing, you know, a whole season uh, getting used to the idea that there was no one there watching. And uh, when you watch some footage of, of the ni- 2019 season in any sport, uh, it's crazy when you think about the energy and the number of people and how close together we all are. Uh, we can't wait to have that all again, especially, you know, here in Target Center. I know our, our players have said it. Uh, the free agents that we signed have said it. You know, they can't wait to experience it. So, uh, yeah, lots, lots of great things happening in the WNBA and, and continuing to build on our momentum. Thanks to our sponsors, Cara Quinn, your local realtor, Rudy Luther Toyota, Successful Marketing Group, and Bonfi Home Services. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any of the shows across the network, you can reach former Twins executive Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Wherever you listen to us, uh, please rate us. Best way to listen is probably subscribe. And when I say subscribe, that's that, that doesn't mean it costs anything. It's free. It's just a way of delivering the podcast to you. Uh, you can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, did you watch any TV this week, like maybe an interview with someone named Maya Moore? Uh, you know, I didn't. Um, you know, you and I talked off off uh, off air that uh, I spent the week You're a little busy, uh, being yeah. immersed in uh, <laughs> uh, uh, homeschooling because, uh, uh, you know, the Oliver was back home for the week. So, I, I you know, of course, I, I knew of the – I didn't get a chance to actually watch um, the interview and – uh, so much has happened, uh, but certainly, you know, kind of uh, aware of uh, that was happening and, um, you know, kind of the, the next step for, for Maya. You know, Maya and I talked um, prior to the start of free agency. So whatever month that was, we're talking, I guess it was January. Um, and, you know, we had a long discussion about where she was. So I knew, I, I knew that this was uh, going to be her path, that uh, she's had so much going on, um, you know, since the exoneration of, of Jonathan, who uh, has since become her husband. Uh, so she's now leading a married life and uh, was, I think you, you saw that there'll be a 30 for 30 documentary on uh, Jonathan Irons case and obviously Maya's involvement. And so there's been a lot going on. And, and you know, as Maya said, she's, she's yet to actually experience the rest <laughs> uh, that, that, she, that she so uh, desires. And so she's in the midst of that right now. Um, and so, you know, we'll do like we've been doing. We'll continue to support Maya. And, and then, um, you know, this time next year, you know, we'll, we'll ring her up and, and see what's going on. And, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to see her play again. You probably couldn't tell me even if you knew, but do you have any gut sense of whether she really is dying to get back to basketball or whether it's become secondary? Well, I think clearly it's secondary. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess, I guess my point, my question, I didn't phrase it well, is do you, do you sense that it's, I guess that's the way to ask it is, do you sense that it's really a goal of hers to get back or is it still just, you know, something she'll be deciding in the future? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, probably Maya knows a little bit more what's, what's uh, on her heart. Um, I think what the conversations I've had with her, you know, the idea that Maya has not said, Hey, Cheryl, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I just don't want to play anymore. And, you know, let's just, let's bring this to a close. Uh, that has not happened. Matter of fact, the first thing out of her mouth when I, when I talked with her was, um, I, I'm not ready to retire. And, hmm. you know, that's, and so, uh, I don't really know um, what percentage of that, you know, a lot of people like to say, what percentage chance do you think it would be that she would play again? And it's just not a good space to live in because I think, 
um, the way that I know that Maya works, um, she's very intentional, very thoughtful. Um, and so I think that, you know, if she intends to play, she'll be ready. Uh, and she'll start to, she'll understand when to start to ready herself physically for that. And, um, you know, but obviously I don't, I probably won't be privy to that for a while. Um, you know, she understands that uh, as when I spoke with her, uh, you know, the, uh, us managing a salary cap and roster spots and, you know, I, I just told her I need a little bit of notice so I can plan. <laughs> uh, it won't just be as easy as just drop her back in as we've, you know, we try to manage a salary cap. And um, so she understands all of that. Uh, she has appreciated our support. Uh, I do believe she misses the interaction uh, that you get with your teammates and that, you know, what you go through competitively, the ups and the downs. And, um, you know, I would imagine she also misses the game of basketball, uh, which has been so good to her. Last Maya Moore question. We've seen all kinds of comebacks throughout the history of sport that defied explanation. Do you think there would be any difficulty for her just after sitting out a few years, coming back and being a good player? Well, I think she's she's Maya Moore and, yeah. and the idea that, uh, you know, it's the game of basketball that, you know, that she's so good at. The game has changed. Uh, we say, you know, missing a season, uh, two seasons or three seasons now. If you look at the last time she played in the WNBA um, the game is different. And so, you know, we would certainly ready Maya for that, you know, with that we would provide her with that information of what she needs to do to be successful. Um, and, you know, like I said, she, she's not doing anything unless she's prepared to do it and uh, that her love and passion is there and that, you know, physically uh, she's able to do it because you will never see Maya Moore step on the court and not it not be greatness. Uh, it just it just won't ever happen. Let's thank our sponsors, Cara Quinn of Vibe Realty, VibeMN.com. Cara continues to put out really cool newsletter stuff. I know I, I, I could be moving in two months to, or three years, depending on my wife's job situation. You know, she might get a job that causes us to move around the Twin Cities. So I really enjoyed reading this. Of course, we've told you about Cara's background in education, her good works. Uh, in fact, she's a very good realtor, but I, I really love these updates. <clears throat> and I was talking to somebody the other day, Cheryl, who was saying that uh, they bought a house and it was, it was like worth $200,000 and now it's worth three fifty. That that uh, that you know, your houses are selling at very high rates and they're moving very quickly. You need a good realtor to handle this. Uh, you do not want to get left behind in this market. So her latest update is about maximizing the potential of your home and how to come out ahead early. And I recommend going to vibemn.com, looking up CAR at C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N and checking out that information. If you need a realtor, you want CARA and her updates are very helpful. Also want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. And thanks as always, Successful Marketing Group. You heard uh, Glory Ramsey's ad at the beginning of the show. Are you, have you, you know, maybe not this week because you've been really busy, but have you watched much college basketball? And any thoughts on any of the developments? Paige Becker's winning so many awards. Uh, you know, Caitlin Clark from 
Iowa having such a big season, Brenda Freeze winning in another award. What what's intrigued you about the college basketball season? Yeah, there's there's been a lot. There's there's been some great players. You know, the two freshmen I think probably are the the headlines. I think uh, you know, in, in Beckers and and Kevin uh, Clark down at Iowa, um, those two are awfully good. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it probably should be a, a closer race for these awards. You know, I think Paige has got the name. Uh, Caitlin Clark's game uh, is, is certainly up there uh, on par with someone like Paige. And, um, you know, Paige obviously set some records at UConn and Paige is a really good player. Uh, so that, I think that's probably been the biggest story, I think, for us as we've watched is there's some really good young players uh, with regard to, uh, college basketball and the collegiate draft uh, coming in, in April. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of challenges. There's just been challenges in evaluation in person uh, where, where we've been able to catch up a little bit as we, we consume some uh, conference tournament play. Uh, our staff has been out. We were out last week. Uh, we're out this week. Uh, we're not going to be able to attend at this point first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament, which really is it's a setback. Uh, we're, we're awfully disappointed that we weren't able to get that done uh, to able to just have one WNBA uh, representative from each team uh, to be present. Um, you know, just really disappointed in that uh, because it's been hard enough, you know, not being able to evaluate. We've been sort of patient as the league has tried to work through uh, protocols and guidelines, um, but, you know, they weren't able to kind of broker that with the NCAA uh, at least at this point, it could change at the 11th hour uh, in typical NCAA fashion. But, uh, you know, the every player that uh, ordinarily would be eligible, so they would be in their senior year, um, has to go through the draft process as if they were an early entrant. And what that means is uh, there's no longer just, I'm a senior, I'm eligible for the draft, I don't do anything, I just wait to see if I get drafted. Now they have to go through the process of an early entrant and renounce remaining eligibility because every single player that you're seeing play has another year of eligibility, even though that mm-hmm. they has a senior next to their name. Uh, and, you know, some, some players are considering, you know, seniors that, um, you know, could, could return for another collegiate season, uh, especially as, as they maybe learn their draft position. If they're, you know, some players are saying, hey, if I'm not a first round pick, I might as well stay. Uh, and try to improve my draft stock. Now, that might be hard to do because if you look at next year's draft, um, you know, if, if you weren't a high draft pick this year, you're probably not going to be a, a high draft pick next year. But so lots to consider. And, and you know, the information, I think getting to these players is really important. Uh, so hopefully people will listen to our podcast and, and, and learn, you know, hey, if, if I got a player that wants to be in this draft, they better make sure they file by the deadline, which is April 1st, if they're not in the final four. So by April 1st, these prospects have to say, you know what, I want to be in the draft. I've renounced my remaining eligibility. They filed that with the league office. Uh, and if they're in the final four, they have 48 hours following uh, their, their final game. Uh, and then, and then we get that list. And so it's really, really interesting for all of us as we, you know, we, we are out there evaluating, but it's a bit of a moving target. We don't know. Uh, I think we have some ideas. Uh, you know, we did have, uh, a prospect um, announced Charlie Collier from from Texas, who's considered a you know a, a lottery pick. Uh, so she did announce that that she would like to be in the draft, and we'll we'll renounce her remaining eligibility 
Um, but every player in the draft has to do that. And so I, I hope that uh, we can get through that without it being a complete debacle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so that that's a little bit different for us this year. But uh, this Monday is one month from the draft. Yeah, we're just, you know, just a little over four weeks from the draft. So and then shortly after that, we start training camp. Yeah, Spring has to, sprung. <laughs> yes, looking forward to that too. And uh, you you nailed the last two drafts. So as the this draft approaches, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions about process and you know importance and everything else. It's going to be very, I think, very interesting listening because I, I personally want to listen to it. Uh, have you had any chances? I want to talk about a current and former Gopher coach. Have you had a chance to talk to Lindsay Whalen since her season ended? You know, I have not, uh, other than, you know, I, I messaged her prior to the start uh, of the game and, um, you know, just wishing her luck. And, um, you know, she knew that she would be down, um, Sarah um, Scalia, Sarah Scalia, I, th- I think it's, I pronounced it correctly. Um, so, you know, just a tough year, just a really tough year. Uh, so, you know, I've been in touch throughout, and, and uh, but I have not spoken to her since the, the end of the season, which, um, you know, I think any time a season ends, it's, you know, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, at the same time when it's as challenging as it has been, you know, we know from like the bubble season, how hard it is. And, you know, these college players managing just a very, very different life. And, uh, I think everyone is anxious to kind of put this one in the books and, and move forward to, to the next season. And I don't think I've ever asked you, did you, uh, ever cross paths with, uh, Brenda Freeze as she was Oldfield when she was here? Uh, as a Gophers coach, well, I, I I know Brenda, but I don't. You know, her time in Minnesota uh, was was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was I was I don't even know where I was when she was in Minnesota, but um, but I I have um, many interactions with Brenda just because she's she's a, a program that's success. She runs a program successfully and uh, has WNBA prospects often. Uh, she's also a coach that. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate that when she does have a prospect, or even if she doesn't, I want to pop into practice or shoot around. Uh, she's one of those coaches that's always, yeah, come on. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter if it's a big game the next day. And she's, you know, there's heightened, you know, stress around the game. She's the same all the time. Uh, I enjoy. She, she's a very um, uh, offensively. She's very good. That's the I would say that's her her team's trademark is that they're going to be able to score. Matter of fact, Maryland and Iowa of the Big Ten were the top two scoring teams in the whole country. Uh, so Lisa Bluter, who has long been the same as someone like Brenda Freeze, they're cut from the same mold. Uh, offensively, they're going to bring it, and uh, you're going to be able to score against most of them uh, most times against against their teams. Um, but but Brenda is is uh, you know I would say just a a colleague that I've enjoyed you know, being able to kind of go in there and peek at what they're doing offensively. And, uh, and then I've enjoyed, you know, just uh, in terms of evaluating uh, their players to be WNBA uh, pros. I was impressed when she was here. Not, obviously, she was an excellent coach, but she also, she was an excellent coach who, you know, kind of like you, she was an excellent coach who also took the time to try to promote her, her team and her sport. You know, she was, she was very engaging uh, you know, very, very willing to do extra, the extra work that that requires. Yeah. And that's, it's probably the same. It extends to a little bit, uh, like I just described, you know, very accessible and open um, and, you know, and happy to share, you know, that that's the thing that's not a, you know, there's sometimes you get, you know, paranoia that, that seeps into this, uh, that somebody's going to try to steal something from you and, and turn around and use it against you. Um, Brenda's very confident in, in what she's doing and happy to share. And the more people that know, the better. And, and like you said, a strong advocate uh, for her players and her program. 
So we'll be talking a lot of basketball, a lot of draft stuff in the next month or so. Uh, for today, is there, is there a social justice aspect of uh, our society on address day? I didn't know if you wanted to weigh in on the Chauvin trial or uh, what's happening in Minneapolis or, or just the fact that we have a president who actually believes in science and vaccinations and life's getting better. <laughs> yeah, I think probably the the, the last part, uh, you know, the it'll be very fascinating. Well, maybe two parts. I'll, I'll answer the first part too, the, the, the Chauvin trial. Um you know, there, there's been a lot of talk, if you really dive into when, when people say that the system is broken or rigged against certain people, um, it is things like jury selection. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not just what happens at the end. It's the whole entire process, uh, beginning with, you know, if, if they, uh, let's say it was George Floyd on trial and not Derek Chauvin, the differences um, when it comes to bonds, it starts all the way in the beginning uh, one of the most important elements to this is jury selection. Uh, and so, you know, we're watching this. It is absolutely um, vital, uh, you know, that, that that you get. I mean, you're looking for fairness, right? It's going to be hard for people that don't uh, have any knowledge of what happened. Um, and so I'm not really clear on how, you know, you end up getting the, the jury that's going to be able to do that and put things aside. Uh, you hope that they do. Um um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out each step, uh, you know, the importance of who we put in these positions uh, that are going to be making decisions. Um, at, you know, for example, the you know, Minnesota Supreme Court, uh, as you know, there are appeals, etc. It's just so everything that we've talked about, you know, is going to be on display. Um, and you're going to see where, you know, maybe there's the systemic issues uh, or not. You know, is the George Floyd murder and the trial of Derek Chauvin, who murdered George Floyd, is this going to be uh, in in such daylight, in such bright lights, uh, that the system behaves itself, so to speak? You know, we'll have to see uh, how that that plays out. But um, yeah, I think that and then, you know, how can you not feel encouraged by, um, you know, having a a president to deliver a speech that, um, you know, gives you hope? Um, uh, makes you feel uh, a part of the solution that we're all in this together and we can do this. Uh, those are things I felt uh, when I watched our president and, um, you know, him expressing, you know, that, that he needs us, uh, you know, to be able to be a part of the solution. And, and uh, so just a, you know, I think just a great time for some hope because I think we all need that and, and to feel like we are just around the corner from, from being able to put all this behind us. I had a long conversation with a, a- a black athlete I've known for decades uh, the other day, and he's very pessimistic about the trial. And, you know, we both, we started talking about how, how do you, as you said, you're not going to find a, a juror who doesn't have an opinion or doesn't have, uh, you know, I mean, you can't not have an opinion about this. You can't not, I mean, so, so there's a flaw in the jury, jury selection process in that you're, you're having to get somebody who's at least going to say they're going to be neutral, but who could be neutral about this, I you know? know. And, yeah. and who could not know about it? I mean, everybody knows about it. Everybody's got, every human being has to have an opinion about it. So are we going to have all jurors who lied about having an opinion? I mean, it's, exactly. just, it's a horrible, <laughs> horrible way to decide something that's important. Yeah. And I thought I saw somebody speak on this. that was really, it was really interesting where they don't think that they think this is sort of antiquated having uh, jurors uh, that are, that are citizens, you know, that, that it should be uh, judges that that you know maybe a uh, a panel of judges three four judges that makes these decisions and i right away you know i mean it's it's hard both ways but i right away go 
heck no, you know, nope. because we've seen, you know, you're going to pack, you know, pack the court. Like, you know, so, you know, President Trump was able to get a bunch of his judges in there. Well, that's how, I mean, that's how, you know, things become stacked against the people. And so yep. I didn't like that idea. Um, but, you're, you know, I, I hopefully what I think what they're looking for is not for people that don't know anything about it. Right. Uh, that, but that can, you know, maybe, you know, in their lives have shown, you know, the ability to focus on the task at hand, here are the laws here. And, and that's the difficulty too, is that you, you, you think that you walk into a courtroom and they say, okay, this is what happened. And did he do it? And you look at it. Uh, but there are so many laws and the ways that you have to, um, what, what can be presented, what can't be presented. And, uh, and so the case, you know, it's, it, it's just a hard, and depending on who you are, if you're a police officer, you know, you are absolutely, um, you know, innocent and, and, and innocent and innocent and innocent. Whereas uh, if this was George Floyd, he's guilty, guilty, guilty. There's not that idea of presumption of innocence. Um, and so that's what's going to be on display here is, you know, I, Derek Chauvin should be tried in the same ways. If like, like what if he wasn't a police officer? You know, would it be different? Um, and, and just the ways in which that police officers have, uh, it's very, very, very rare that you get a conviction. Uh, and I think we all believe that there'll be a conviction. Um, and, and, uh, and that's what has to happen. And, and, you know, I, I hopefully our, our city, you know, can, um, use this as, uh, an end point to a very difficult time, uh, in our history, not, not just you know, Minnesota history, but you know, the nation's history, that we can bring justice to what happened and, and try to learn from it all and move forward. Well said. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks to everyone who listens, and we'll talk to you next week. If your furnace or boiler isn't keeping up with cold weather, call Bonfee. They have regular rates from 7 in the morning to 10 at night. There is always a live person to take your call 24-7. Bonfee technicians are trained and certified. Their trucks are stocked with parts so they can get your heating system up and running again quickly and right. If your furnace and boiler is on its last leg and needs to be replaced, Bonfee can install a new one for you. Installations can happen as soon as the same day. Bonfia is a family-owned and operated business, been in business since 1993, licensed, bonded, insured. Any equipment Bonfia installs comes with a lifetime warranty. You'll never have to worry about your heating system again for as long as you live in the home. If your heating system needs service or needs to be replaced, better call Bonfi. Save $200 off a new furnace or boiler installation when you tell the folks at Bonfi you heard about it from John Krasinski.